Hi, this is Anishka Fernandopoli. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button under my picture on dharmaseed.org or go to my website, anushkaf.org, A-N-U-S-H-K-A-F.org, and click on donate. Thanks. I appreciate your support. At home in this vein, or when you're not on a day-long retreat in a retreat center. So one of the nice things about being in a meditation retreat center is basically it's totally set up to do meditation. Uh, And that's probably not true of your home or your office or your life. But you can actually figure out ways to uh, infiltrate your life with different opportunities to practice awareness and to make this practice part of your life. So we've done several practices today. We did some sitting meditation practice, and during the sitting meditation practice, we went through several different um, techniques, paying attention to the breath, and using that as a main place to rest your attention, paying attention to the field of hearing and sound, and using that as a place to rest your attention. Connecting awareness of the body, so both when you're sitting, also in walking practice, attending to thoughts and emotions also. Then I talked about the uh, training precepts. Those are those five different guidelines we talked about in the beginning of the day. So paying attention to areas of uh, abstaining from killing and the urges that come up around that, violence, aggression, abstaining from taking what's not offered and paying attention to acquisitiveness, greed, craving, paying attention to sexual energy, activity, paying attention to your speech, so truthfulness, not speaking harshly, abusively, avoiding gossip, slander, and also paying attention to how much you talk and what you're saying. And then attending to your relationship with uh, substances like alcohol and drugs and how that affects your life and life of others. So it can be helpful to have a formal period of practice in your life. And if you want to do that, uh, I'll give you a few tips on that. I'm sure that many of you here are people who have tried to do that before and have had mixed success, uh, as many people have. So one is to have some regularity of that. So make it, it's just like any habit, make it a certain time, make it a certain place, and then commit to that. And like I was saying earlier with people, you know, it really is like a discipline. So if you want to learn any skill, and that could be, I want to learn how to play piano, I want to learn a different language, I want to learn Italian, or uh, I want to learn how to play uh, a sport like basketball, it's going to take some practice to do that. So this is uh, no different. So basically you have to be interested in it (laughs) and uh, put in some amount of time in uh, practicing. So my tips on that are to choose choose the time that you're going to um, do that practice, regular practice, uh, 
and pick a time that works for you. So it could be as soon as you wake up in the morning. It could be uh, doing it at work or school, if you have some time in the middle of the day that works, lunchtime or something. It could be at the end of the day. It could be when you, as soon as you get home in the evening, or it could be right before you go to bed as some uh, possible times, but also any time in between there that I haven't mentioned could also be a time for practice. It's good to find the place that you want to do it and establish that as your meditation place. It's actually really helpful not to be overlooked. It kind of doesn't matter where, just a place where it feels like uh, you could spend some time quietly. Uh, it could be a regular chair, it could be a cushion. Um, it doesn't have to be anything fancy. Some people like to put uh, something that reminds them uh, of their desire to be uh, connected to themselves, their life with awareness, or um, something that reminds them of their aspirations in this area. And that could be something from nature, or it could be a book that inspire you, or a picture of someone who is someone who you would like to uh, be like, something like that, teacher who's inspired you. So basically anything that reminds you uh, of that. So pick the time, pick the place, and then set up your uh, equipment that you want to have. So equipment could be the chair cushion, it could be the um, altar or stuff that is inspiring to you. And it could be also that you um, would find it helpful to listen to a guided meditation during that time. So fortunately these days there's actually a lot of guided meditations online uh, through a couple different websites. Uh, one is uh, dharmaseed.org and another one is called Audio Dharma. And both of those have guided meditations of uh, different types and different lengths and by all different teachers in this tradition um, that are free for streaming or uh, you could download it and, and listen to one um, over and over if you like. I have some and many of the other Spirit Rock teachers have some and there's some from daylongs like this too. So if you think about it, it's like any habit that you want to do. Um, establishing that habit is as a discipline. And uh, sometimes I like to have people think about a habit that you've established successfully in your life. And one that many people have, for example, is brushing your teeth. So if you haven't established that in your life, don't feel bad. It's just an example. Uh, but think about like, well, what are the ingredients for success in your toothbrushing habit? Like, why do you do that uh, so regularly? So one thing is you probably have established the time that you do it regularly. So either as soon as you get up or after breakfast or right before you go to bed. For some people, it's before they put on their pajamas, sometimes after, right? Some people, it's after dinner. So you probably figured it out and you have your sort of pattern about it. So you have your time, you have your place. So usually you do it in the same place. And then you have your equipment, your toothbrush, toothpaste, right there. When you run out of the equipment, you get more, keep yourself supplied. Right? So all these things help you to establish your successful toothbrushing habit. Oh, other one is actually social pressure. Right? So that you have um, people in your household who maybe also brush their teeth at the same time. Um, so that also helps. So for, for many people, you know, they might leave a workshop like this and think like, oh yeah, meditation, that was good. I'd really like to do it. I, I got to do that more when I go home. But then it kind of ends there. And so that would be kind of like if you went home and were like, toothbrushing, that was 
that was good. I've read a lot about it. I know it would be good for me. I should do that more often. But then, um, you know, some days you had your toothbrush in your car. Some days it was in your bathroom. Some days it's in your briefcase. You know, some days it's like on your bicycle. Like you keep it different places, different times. And then you didn't pick a time to do it. So then periodically during the day you remember like, oh yeah, toothbrushing, I should try that. Maybe when I go home today I'll do that. Right? And then you never do it because you get busy with other things. The other thing with toothbrushing is once you've done it pretty regularly, you start to notice what it's like the days that you forget. So if for some time you like rush out of the house or you travel somewhere and you forget your toothbrush and you don't brush your teeth. So usually you notice what it feels like in your mouth, don't you? Like when your mouth is not brushed. Maybe other people do too, right? <laughs> but certainly you do. Like it just tastes funny in your mouth. Like it's like, hmm. So it's actually like that if you start to establish a meditation practice. You know, it's kind of a, like a mental flossing, you could say. So you start to recognize like what it feels like in your awareness, like in your experience of your life, the days that you do that and the days that you don't do that. And if you don't believe me, try it. You know, decide that you're going to set up a little pilot project. You're going to do meditation for it every day for two weeks and then not do it for a week and see if you can notice any difference. You can just try it and see if you do. Or try it for longer, say a month, right? <laughs> Establish it. But you know, you can pick some, some amount of time. And I think that that's actually a good aspiration too, to pick some amount of time. Because if you, if you take something and you're like, oh, I'm just going to do this forever, it seems like hard to do. But if you say like, okay, let me, I'm going to try and do it every day for a week or even five days uh, for a week or two weeks or a month. Uh, it seems much easier to get around that, to, to feel like you could do it, doesn't it? So I would say to establish um, you know, what your commitment is uh, for yourself, like what you want to do. People always ask, how long should I sit for? Um, and it kind of depends. You know? I mean, uh, a good amount to sit would be like half an hour. And we've actually done that here several times during the day, so you all could, could do that. Uh, if that feels daunting, you could do less amount of time. So uh, you could say 15 minutes or 20 minutes. Or if, if half an hour feels like it's not enough, you can also do longer. 45 minutes is great. An hour even. Sometimes you, you'll start to notice if you do practice for a little while that there, there can feel for yourself like a certain period of time in which you're just in this sort of regurgitation of the day mode or something like that. And then there's a certain time when you, you start to collect your attention and settle in a little bit. Um, so you can notice like how long that seems to take on average. Like it's different on different days, but for some people it seems like, okay, it takes like around 15 minutes to sort of settle in a little bit. And then, you know, so they want to do something besides just have that pre, that settling in thing, right? Um, so you can notice what's that, what that's like. But for, for many people they say like, well, half an hour is a good amount of time to, to do that. Now I'll say just as a higher bar to that, um, some meditation teachers say you should practice an hour a day. And in fact, one meditation teacher says if you want to practice an hour a day, that's like maintenance. If you want to actually get, make some progress, you should do two hours a day, one in the morning, one in the evening. So, um, now, I'm not telling you to do that, but I'm saying that as a, uh, uh, something to compare to when I say half an hour, and if that seems really hard. <laughs> uh, at least it's like a little less. Now, that, that will mean sacrifice of something, right? So if you decide, oh, I'm going to do it in the morning, then likely you either will have to get up half an hour earlier or do half an hour less of uh, Sudoku or cartoons or something, right? Uh, like it's just trade-offs, you're gonna have to do something. So realistically assess that and um, figure it out and make whatever commitment you can to that. 
The other thing, though, is I feel like it's really helpful not to just have one period of practice. So even if that one morning period or whatever period it is, is is shorter than half an hour, find some different ways to actually like bring this into different times during your day in your life. So building up a practice of awareness that can, um, and then you can sort of start to connect the dots so they become more and more uh, common. So for example, you could figure, uh, yeah, okay, I'll sit for half an hour in the morning um, and then you go to work and then say there's a common path that you have to take to walk to the train every day. So you can decide, like on that walk to the BART, to the Muni, uh, I'm going to try and just stay connected to my body. So it doesn't even have to be this sort of formal walking meditation like we were doing. Um, but you could just say, like, okay, let me start try and stay connected to my body. Notice when I'm off daydreaming, uh, lost in thought, and then just come back. So just during that 10-minute walk, 15-minute walk, I'm going to try and be present in the body as I'm walking. Then you might decide, like, oh, I usually have a cup of tea, you know, in the mid-afternoon. So I'm going to uh, try to have a um, cup of tea mindfully or something. Be aware while I'm drinking my cup of tea. And that should take just five minutes, but I'll try and be just really present when I'm doing that. Not try to do, like, ten other things at the same time. So like that, you can find these different ways. It could be even something smaller. It could be like, oh, in my office building, I always have to wait for the elevator. You know, but as soon as I push that button, that's going to be my awareness button. And then I'll try to be present as I'm standing there. You know, feel my feet on the ground, try to be with my breath for however long it takes the elevator to get there. So some days it could be like, ding, it's right there. Some days it could be like five minutes or <laughs> long time. Right? Uh, so make that your practice period. Or in your elevator itself, you could say, I'll just try to be present standing. So find times that work for you in your own life, in your own um, day, to punctuate with small exercises of awareness, small exercises of bringing mindfulness into your life, if you want to. Um, and this will really help your practice to grow a lot. So this, uh, this inspired uh, for me by uh, the practices of Islam, where people pray five times a day. So devout Muslims pray five times a day. And those times are set. You know, it's only for a short amount of time, but it's like if you're a devout Muslim, at that time, you roll out your mat, and you face Mecca, and you hit the ground, and uh, that becomes part of your devotional practice. So it's like, what if everyone reminded themselves of what's most important to them? You know, what direction you're facing, what direction you want to be going in five times a day. You know, how would your life be different if that was the case? So make it your own. I think you have to keep the practice um, something that works for you and has to be something that's alive for you. And it might change over time. So it could be that um, in the beginning, 20 minutes works, then half an hour works. So it could be that you really like the walking meditation, so you want to do that as a regular practice. Uh, or it could be you really like the eating meditation. It could be that also um, you want to continue to learn more. You know, this was a workshop we just touched on a few little things. You could um, take a class too. So there's regular meditation classes here at Spirit Rock, uh, in the East Bay at East Bay Meditation Center in Oakland, where I teach sometimes, uh, also in San Francisco through San Francisco Insight. There are many weekly meditation groups also that meet uh, around uh, many different parts of the Bay Area. And there's a list on the Spirit Rock website of a lot of groups list, uh, that are taught by Spirit Rock teachers. Pretty much any day of the week, there's a Dharma group you could go to. It's like embarrassment of riches in the Bay Area, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, 
if you're motivated enough to do that. So, uh, and different teachers have different styles of what they like to talk about. So you can go and see which teachers you feel um, connected to their style or, you know, even location or time or something like that. I'm actually about to um, start a Dharma group in San Francisco that will be um, probably in the women's building, probably on a weekday. It's either Monday or Thursday. We're still nailing it down a little bit. Um, and we'll probably start with a regular series about sort of basic meditation for five weeks. So that'll be starting in um, March, I think. So if you're interested in that, you could sign up on that um, email list in the back or um, check out my Dharma website, anushkaf.org, where I'll post that at some point soon. You can come back to day-longs, such as this one, or half-day things, too. You can also work with many of the different other practices. So, uh, you know, those training precepts, it's really interesting to work with those. Like, you could take one a week or one for a month and be like, let me pay attention to killing. You know, like, what's the place of that in the world, in myself? When do I have urge to harm someone? And then, you know, the next week, pay attention to... uh, greed or like possessions, you know, like how much stuff do I have? How much do I need? (laughs) Take a look at your shoe closet, you know, (laughs) check it out. (laughs) Uh, You know, consider generosity, you know, you could actually look at like where you donate money to or your own budget and is there more I could donate or something or um, when do I have urges to take stuff? When does that arise? And be really honest with yourself. So all of this is like actually a, a path of cultivating your mind, cultivating your heart. So it's like training yourself. And it's helpful to know it this way because basically you're always training yourself in one way or another, whether you know it or not. You know, it's like you're, you're planting seeds for this or that to arise. So even sort of small things, like if you go to the, you know, the bank and there's a pen and, you know, you fill out something with the pen and then, um, like, you pocket the pen, you know. Like, and you pocket the pen not accidentally, but, like, there's this little part of you that's like, great pen, boom, right, you know. <laughs> and you take it, right. Or, you know, in the dentist's office, there's, like, some old magazine, but, like, you like something in it and then you just, like, take it, you know without asking them. You could ask them and then get it, but like, say you don't ask them, right? So just notice that like acquisitiveness that happens. So when you follow that, you're actually like planting those seeds of acquisitiveness in your mind. You're like watering that, like you're, you're furthering that. Uh, and it's going to arise more commonly then. Um, like that's what will become, those are the trains that are going to come by more strongly, more often. And it is like, it's like training a little kid. You know, those of you who have had little kids in your life or, uh, you know, training even an animal. We are all animals, right? Like you train your dog like not to chew on something, right? Uh, but if you don't do it that often, if you do it sometimes, you tell them not to chew your shoes, but sometimes you don't, like it's not going to be that effective. Like you have to be pretty vigilant about such things, you know? Or with kids, like uh, I have some friends who have teen- teenage kids who are like starting to get like uh, bad attitude with them. And I can see like the ones who are like, the, the mom is just like, you know, <laughs> the slightest look and they're like, what, what was that look? What was that tone? You know, <laughs> it's like much, uh, the kids are much more like uh, <laughs> vigilant, shall we say, like attentive uh, to that than it's like <laughs> being like uh, rude to their parents and like mean to their siblings and stuff like that. So, so you're training your own mind here, you know, and no one can do it but you actually, you know, you're, the ones you love can't do it for you, and uh, your mom can't do it for you, and I can't do it for you. You know, like any teachers can just give you instructions and give you some help and inspiration, and then basically it's up to you to do it yourself. Uh, but there's a lot of resources that you can um, use at your disposal. 
Also on the techie side, there are plenty of Dharma talks. So Dharma talks are kind of like uh, this kind of discussions about both the meditation practice itself or about some of the underlying ideas behind it, the philosophy. Um, and many of them are also online, these two different websites I mentioned, Dharma Seed, uh, Audio Dharma. And you can access them for free and listen to them. You can actually search under different topics and all kinds of things. So that can be a helpful way to um, both continue to learn about any of these different aspects of the meditation practice we did, um, or to learn further about kind of the underpinnings of um, the Dharma, this uh, truth that I've been talking about today. And it helps to have friends. So today was Bring a Friend Day. Many people came with friends. That's great. Um, you can continue to practice with your friends. Uh, you and your friends can continue to go to different um, Dharma groups together. You can check in with each other about how your practice is going, what you've been learning. Uh, you can check in with your friend about whether they've been doing their practice <laughs> and encourage them. Uh, it actually is considered a big support along the path to um, have like-minded friends or have friends who are... Um, oriented in the same way. And some of those people might be people who are interested in meditation. Some of those people are actually just people who are like good, kind people, you know, like who are not seemingly into this specific meditation. But it's easier, for example, to be very generous when you're around generous people, right? Like it's easier to be, uh, to avoid like trash talking people when you're around people who don't trash talk people. Uh, and so on. So you can notice, like, well, what's the company that I keep and how does that influence me? So attending to all these different areas of your life. So the meditation practice itself is a good thing to do, but then um, attending to all these different aspects um, is also very helpful. And then you can also go on these retreats. So there are these day-long retreats, but Spirit Rock has a lot of other retreats. Um, if you feel inspired by today, you could decide you want to take a longer time for retreat, go on a sleepover retreat up in the, up the hill there. And it's a beautiful place for a retreat. They, there are retreats that are like two days, three days, five days, seven days, ten days, uh, anything like that. A secret I'll tell you is that actually the first couple days of retreat are often the hardest. <laughs> so even those of you who found today like hard, you're a little restless, the body is kind of cranky, your mind is uh, like out of control. It, it can take a little while for the body and mind to sort of settle in to uh, retreat to practice or something like that. So um, for some of you who think like five days, that seems like a super long time. That seems really hard. Uh, actually, sometimes that's uh, not even that much worse than sitting like two or three days or not that much harder, you know, because the first two or three days, like first day or two of retreat, you're like you're kind of settling in a little bit. So. Um, so if you feel inspired to do that, uh, you should feel free to, to do so. So we have some time uh, uh, to keep it open if anyone has um, questions that they want to ask too. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.